Well, Paul, you remember before the FedEx Cup started this year, a couple of American golfers who were on the live tour sought an interim order from a court in America saying, could you just stay the ban that we have on the PGA Tour whilst we can play in the FedEx Cup? And the judge said, no, it's going to remain in place until the case is heard. But one of the consequences of that was that uh, the contracts that the live golfers have signed uh, became, they were submitted in the court, heavily redacted, but they've been released by the U.S. District Court. So we now know what's in the Live Golfers contract. So to uh, tell us what might be there and if there's any devil in the detail, we have our resident sports lawyer, Tim Fuller from Gaydens. G'day, Tim. How are you? Andrew and Paul, how are you? I'm yeah. Very good, thank you. Good. What's in those Live contracts? Ooh. What isn't, what isn't in those contracts? <laughs> probably more like it. Oh, yeah. What a, what a, um, what a development. So, obviously, players signing the contracts shrouded in mystery. And as you just pointed out, the official release of those, we found out lots and lots of things. I suppose the most um, important aspect to start off with is to differentiate between the PGA Tour and, and the Live um, organisation is that the players have signed on to a league. So, um, they're not, they're not, well, they are actually independent contractors. Um, as per the agreement, they have signed up lock, stock and barrel you know, to live. And, and with that comes um, a number of obligations, such as wearing live apparel. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember at St Andrews, Patrick, Patrick Reed, Reed yeah. absolutely decked out from head to toe. Um, they've, they've agreed to licence their uh, IP, their image rights to live. And that's a really interesting one. I'll talk about that in a moment. And they've also signed essentially the agreements um, carry some pretty heavy obligations that if they are to breach the agreements, um, they are going to be forced to pay back a portion of their sign-on and any prize money that's earned. So what we see these mouth-watering <clears throat> amounts of money that players are signing for, well, they're basically now you know, selling their soul in that, in that sense. If they're to breach... The contracts, um, you know, Liv will pursue them for repayment of those those amounts of money. Live Apparel, uh, uh, what does that mean? Because we see players that already have contracts. I see you, uh, Cameron Smith, the great example, uh, contracted to t- Titleist. He always has the Titleist hat on. Does he now have to forego that and wear the Live hat? Or if there's already an agreement in place, how does that work, Tim? Yeah, I'm not, not sure about that, Paul. Um, the, the, the agreement suggests that they will be required to wear apparel um, when they're out and about in their in in, in like you know um, pub- <clears throat> public sort of functions and public appearances. So I'm not sure in relation to existing contracts whether they're going to be able to be um, run their course. But there's there's no doubt that if the, the agreement is very clear that they are providing a um, you know in, in, irrevocable uh, permanent license for all personal attributes and and image rights and so therefore you know those types of contracts um they're going to be called into question and, and what it what it really does sort of like underline is that when we think about golf and we think about the you know the, the amazing sort of personalities through the history of golf like and, and the names that they've developed and the nicknames and the, the persona like golden bear the great white shark you know tiger 
I mean, these are brands in themselves, aren't they? You know, we may, we may not see that into the future. You know, we, we may not see, like, the player be able to use their unique personality and the attributes that, that come with that to develop their own brand because it's all going to be controlled um, by Liv. And interestingly enough, you know, in America, and these contracts, you know, have been, you know, drafted by a US um, law firm. In America, you know, we've seen, like, in the past where, you know, some of those rights do continue to be when they're licensed be owned uh, by the by the by the licensee even after the death of say a celebrity. So, you know, in many ways, you know, some of these players could be you know, signing their signing their life away. It's interesting, Tim, isn't it? Because it's not only what they must wear, but given uh, it's Saudi Arabia sort of based, and that's the religion there is Islam, um, what they can't do might be just as interesting, actually, given uh, Western values as opposed to those sort of values. Well, that's a really good point, Andrew. And and what we're seeing more and more in these types of contracts is that when somebody signs on, you know, even just like, say, as an ambassador, you know, whether it's Harvey Norman or... You know, say, for example, in, in our country, um, you know, things like Hancock prospecting, Gina Reinhardt obviously has a huge role in, in swimming with the, with the money she puts in. They've got to talk positively. They're actually, it's an, actually an obligation, the contracts, to talk positively mm. about, you know, the, um, the sponsor. So it may very well be that um, the players, the live players, um, are going to have to say in the future positive things about the... Saudi regime, um, and that's going. That's not going to go down too well because obviously, um, <clears throat> you know, there's there's ongoing debate about the human rights record of you know countries like Saudi Arabia. The other thing you mentioned about uh, in the event that there's a breach, they have to pay some of the money back. I understand it's fairly stringent rules around participation in tournaments. It's by no means uh, you can just take a tournament off uh, if you wish. There's got to be a very valid uh, reason for taking one off, and the reasons are pretty skinny, and you've got to get the sort of permission to take a tournament off. So uh, they're pretty tightly controlled. Oh, dead right, Andrew. Like, you know, there's a normal um, reasons why you may be able to take a a tournament off, like, for example, the birth of a child, the death of a family member, illness, you know, those types of things. And then there's a discretionary power that's going to be essentially um, Greg Norman's. So, you know, if you're, if you're needing to take a... So we, we see professional sport all the time, you know, players standing down, you know, for example, for mental health reasons and so on. Well, you're going to have to go to, you know, cap in hand, go to the shark and, and seek um, and ask him to use that discretion to allow you to stand down. But that's one of the fundamental requirements of the agreement that you have to play in all live tournaments. So we've kind of seen like, and this is not this is not a criticism, but we've seen people like you know Cameron Smith say, "Oh, I'm really looking forward to spending more time in Australia, and and hopefully there'll be events down there." And that's and there's, the, the schedule for next year, I think, has been announced, and there will be um, <clears throat> tournaments down under. But the thing is, it won't be kind of the relaxed, you know lifestyle that maybe some of the, some of these players think it will be. You know, 54 holes and I, I just play, have a bit of a hit and giggle every now and then. It's not going to be that at all. You, you're absolutely right. If you do not play, that's going to be regarded as a material breach. And, and if that's the case, you have 21 days to pay back the money um, that you've been paid. So, you know, they're, they're on the hook, absolutely. Tell you what, Phil Mickelson's lucky it's not performance-based because he'd be given all the cash back now, the way he's been going. Now, oh, what a terrible look in the shorts as well. <laughs> as long as they live to a golf shorts, they'll be fine, though, Tim. 
That's right. Good point, Paul. <laughs> now, uh, a lot of questions have been about the contracts and the sign-on fee as opposed to prize money. And it seemed as though some players were on one contract and one was on another. So can you update us any more on that? Yeah, well, I, there was a suggestion that um, prize money would come out of the out of the agreement. So um, some of the early signings, such as um, Brook and so forth, you know. But I'm not so I'm not sure about that. To be quite honest, um, there has been a statement released by um, the law firm that acts for, for Live to say that no, 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 prize money is is quite separate. And I suppose when there's a there's a fund of what is it, you know, stick to grow to six hundred billion. Um, this year, I, yeah, I don't think there'll be a squabble over um, prize money being separate from the sign-on fees. So, um, yeah, there's plenty, plenty of coin flowing around, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, Tim, can you explain to us the Taylor and May situation and uh, whether, in fact, you agree with it or it sets a dangerous precedent? Yeah, I think it does, Andrew. It's a really curious decision. I mean, especially in the context of like what the NRL tried to do in recent years, you know, with their stand-down rule and so forth. Um, you know, here's a guy that was facing, you know, court proceedings. We all understand that, um, you know, you're entitled to your day in court, the presumption of innocence, all of those things, you know, apply. But, you know, based on the evidence that they had, this is the integrity unit, um, the video footage that they that they viewed, uh, they could have made a decision before this to, to sanction um, Taylor and May. It, it's, it's just such a strange decision that they waited until the court proceedings to um, <clears throat> basically be finalised. The decision's handed down. He's been given a um, basically a criminal sanction. And, and then the NRL turns around and says, hey, that's all good, that's all finalised. What we're going to do is now apply our sanction, but we're going to apply it to next year. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. And I, don't, I don't think um, the NRL can explain. I, I, I did see some comments from Paul Kent where he's con- contacted the NRL and, he, and he's asked for somebody to explain it, and nobody can explain it because it's a complete about-face to what they normally do, which is to stand down a player or, or even just to suspend a player. Not everybody's stood down, of course, because that rule's quite specific. Um, but you get suspended as a player, whether it's a fine, whether it's some matches, you know, whatever it might be, and then after that, the player will go to court if they're facing, like, you know, um, court proceedings. Mm. This is the complete opposite. Court's over... NRL says, okay, we now give you a suspension or a sanction, but we'll do it next year. So I'm really weird, really, really weird, and I just cannot understand how they've done that. Mm. Well, it's not as done and dusted just yet either, Tim, because it was pointed out by one of our listeners this morning, there's a World Cup on a, a doorstep not too far away, and Talon May is eligible to play for Samoa, obviously Australia as well. Now, if he's selected for Samoa, and there's a good chance that he will be, he can sit out those two games. And we saw with the uh, uh, the Indigenous All-Star games earlier this season, well, the NRL are going to count that there. So he may not miss a game for Penrith at all. Mate, that, that listener better ring the NRL because they wouldn't have thought of that. So that's a really interesting <laughs> point. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't put too much thought into this one, I don't think. No. Oh, it really is a, a stuff up. Tim, always a pleasure to chat to you. No doubt you'll be joining us next week or the week after with another drama in one of the sports from around the world. Well, footy finals are around the corner, boys, so probably likely. <laughs> okay. Have a good thanks, day. thanks, Tim. There See he guys. is, Tim yeah. Fuller from Gaydon's Lawyers.